Because that standard deduction is so high now, the estimates are anywhere from 12 to 13 billion with a B per year that charities were gonna lose in gifts and donations. That's why it's so important to understand that there's options. Whether you're using a charitable remainder trust or even a, a qualified charitable distribution, there's things that you can do to still reap those benefits and still give, you know, and tithe and give to your church or to your favorite charity, whatever that is. I think the purpose of this podcast for me is to let people know, hey, there's options that'll make a difference. It's the Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about helping you find ways to become financially fit for your future, no matter what kind of shape you're in now. I'm Heather Branch, and on the show today, charity gifting. We're actually flipping the script a little bit with this particular subject matter. And rather than learning about ways to save and keep more of your money, we're going to talk about giving it away and the benefits of that and the importance of using your financial freedoms to strengthen the lives of others. And as always, Ed Siddell, the retirement trainer, is here to help. Hi, Ed. Good morning, Heather. How are you? Doing good. And this is a great subject matter, I think, for two very specific reasons. One, the constant conversation that I feel like I have with so many of my friends and family is this idea of wanting to help and not really knowing the best ways to help. And then how the world has changed, financially speaking, the laws have changed, literally, that has so greatly affected the world of charities and nonprofits that I was completely unaware of until you emailed me about this particular podcast episode and gave me the stats that we're going to talk about here today, how things have changed since the Tax Act, the new tax law came into effect in 2017. Yeah. So, and then I know also for you and your family and in your business, the idea of service and paying it forward has been something that has been a foundation of everything that you do within your family and your work. So I know this is a subject matter that's personal to you as well. So why don't we start with the business side of it? You being a financial advisor and and being knee deep in in the world of of everything that happens in that realm and explain what happened with Mm -hmm. the new tax act in 2017 and what that trickle down effect has been. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so as you know, right, um, in our process, right, our, our trademark process, number five is, is legacy planning. And, right. and part of that is, you know, as we go through and we talk to our clients, a huge part of our client base, it's, it's all about uh, uh, giving back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're also very blessed to be where we're at in our station and lives, you know, giving back and, you know, it's people decide, hey, giving of our time, our talents and, and gifts. And so, you know, a lot of people want to incorporate the gifts part, the monetary part is as part of their overall financial plan on a on an annual basis. And then, you know, after they leave this earth. So the tax plan, the, the new tax reform act that was passed had such a huge impact, unfortunately, a negative one when it comes to charitable giving. There's some estimates, but let me go back and explain why okay. kind of lay the groundwork. Yeah. So there's a lot of strategies when it comes to required minimum distributions. And, you know, once you hit 59 and a half and all these things that you can use, you know, for for charitable giving. Okay, Mm -hmm. if you have that that philanthropic desire and when the new tax law was passed, they they already knew they estimated probably and I'm being conservative that two thirds of the country would no longer be able to itemize because they 
increased, they doubled, more than doubled the standard deduction, especially for those individuals that are, that are 65 and older. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the standard deduction for, for everybody under the age of 65, if you're married filing jointly in 2019 this year, is uh, uh, roughly $12,400. If you're over the 65 and older, you know, it, it winds up being about $26,800. So just ch- just shy of, of 27000 Right. And if you're single, okay, it's it's half that, roughly. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, most people, as they get older in life and their kids are out of school and, and everything else, they, they typically don't have any debt. And mm-hmm. so they're, you know, that what they're able to itemize is so low anyways mm-hmm. that one of the ways that they were able to itemize was through their charitable giving, okay. through their donations, right. whether it's to the church or favorite charity or a combination. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, that, that standard deduction is so high now, the estimates were, whether it's USA Today, Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, you know, the estimates are anywhere from, you know, 12 to 13 billion with a B per year that charities were going to lose in, in gifts and donations. Okay? Since 2017? Well, starting 2018. So last year, this year, and for a total of six years, that's each and every year. Now, so those estimates are, are, I think, are a little high. Yeah, you know, it's almost like a sky. The sky is falling. Okay. But still, okay. When, Even when, if it was half do, that. Well, you know, when you do the math, I mean, I'm coming up with about seven to to seven point one billion per year, which is still, I mean, that's with a B. That's a lot of money. Now, you know, yeah. the charities are, are are making money, you know, through events and, and other things, but that's still, you know, a huge impact on the the large from churches to the, the large national charities and, and especially the, the local neighborhood, the local community charities. That's why it's so important to understand that there's options. Okay. If you have a, a charitable heart, if, if you have charitable inclinations and philanthropy runs in, in your veins, okay, as a family or an ind- individual, mm-hmm. there are options out there. There's so many different things, whether you're using a charitable remainder trust or even a, a qualified charitable distribution, you know, there's things that you can do to still reap those benefits, mm-hmm. okay, and still give, you know, and tithe and give to your church or to your your favorite charity and whatever that is. And so, you know, I, I think the purpose of, of this podcast for me is to let people know, hey, there's options. You know, working with your, your CPA, your tax attorney, your advisor, there's options out there. So don't say, you know what, I'm not getting that, that deduction, so I'm not going to give, um, or I'm not going to give as much. Just know that there's, there's probably options out there that you can take advantage of that'll make a difference. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. So met with a client last week, and when she came in, she's widowed has about 500,000 in in her pre-tax IRA. Pre-tax investments, the most expensive money that you can buy. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean it's just outrageous. So she's 70 and a half. She has to take a required minimum distribution this year and and as we were going through, you know, looking at it that it goes up every year. And okay. I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts, mm-hmm. but you know, the older you are, the more you have to take out. It's based on December 31st of the previous year. And so when you're doing those kind of calculations, you know, and it's whether you want want it or not, whether you need it or not, you have to take it out. And so she looked at it and said, okay, I know, and roughly I'm going to say it's, it's the first year is 3.65% is the estimate. So just to round up to make the math easy, let's just say it's 4%. Okay. So of that half a million dollars, she has to take out $20,000 
out of her IRA for required minimum distribution. And she does she doesn't want to. She says she's and not she doesn't in need want of it. it. Okay. Yeah, doesn't need it, doesn't want it, but she has to take it out. Here's okay. the problem. This this is why it's so expensive. And this goes right into charitable planning. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a huge spike in taxes. Right. Because it puts that, her in the next that, bracket, right? Well, not only that, so that twenty thousand throws her into the next bracket and it's now eighty five percent of her social security is now taxable. How does Okay. Okay, explain that to me. So there, so there are minimums, right? Okay. Um, you know, it was passed if if you're single, and like she is, she's widowed. So you know, if thirty four thousand, if you make thirty four thousand as a single mm-hmm. a married filing jointly, it's thirty four thousand. Okay. You are now deemed by Congress a wealthy American. Congratulations. We right? um, and you have told me that stat before, and which is laughable. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, just, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so now you know eighty five percent of your Social Security is now taxable. And it's not just that. Once you once the, you cross over thirty four thousand dollars total it, income, yep. wow, that's it. Okay, yep. so you're taking out more, and then you're you're receiving less. Okay, because not only do you have to pay ordinary income, but now eighty five percent of your Social Security is taxed. And now here's the kicker. Okay, for her, it's just enough to kick her into that next bracket for the means based testing for for Medicare. So. They don't call it a tax, okay? That's that's uh, the the kinder, gentler way mm-hmm. is you know a premium increase. Mm-hmm. So next year she's going to have to pay an increased premium for B, C, and D on her Medicare because she has to take out what the government's requiring her to. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So as we were going through you know our process and everything, we found out that she had you know pretty significant charitable inclinations, and she would give to her church and to a charity. So mm-hmm. it was roughly about five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So we looked at that and we said, okay, you know, based on where she's at right now, if we did a qualified charitable distribution, okay, which means she has to take out 20000 mm-hmm. If we took 5000 as a direct withdrawal right out of her IRA and split it between the church and her charity, mm-hmm. okay, she still has to take out another fifteen, you know, that she's going to be taxed on mm-hmm. and she gets credit for all 20000 but that $5,000 never touches her hands. Okay. All right. Because it never touches her hands, there's no tax. So it kicks her right out of that 85% you know, okay. taxable rate okay. on Social Security. Uh-huh. And now her Medicare is not going up. So uh. it's the same concept of you're putting money away. You're all right. So you're putting money in your 401k if you're making $100,000 a year and you put away 10000 into your pre-tax 401k or 403b thrift savings plan, whatever it is, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. So now Uncle Sam looks at it and says, well, you really didn't make 100,000, you only made 90, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. It's the same concept, just going the other way. Okay. So you're getting credit for all 20 being taken out because the IRS just wants to make sure that you're taking it out because if you don't, you get hit with a 50% penalty. Right. So again, you you have to look at the, the bigger picture because for her, it wasn't going to affect how much she was going to give to, to her church and her charity anyways. Right, because she was probably a, planning on paying that she money was anyways. Do it anyways. You're right. Absolutely. But what we were trying to do is saying, okay, look, there's a better way. There's a better way to build this mousetrap. All right. So if we can reduce that spike, both on, on Social Security and as well as Medicare planning, and you can accomplish everything that you want to do, it's a win-win. Right. Now, here's the trifecta. Okay. Okay. So she was giving that money anyways, right. and that money that she was giving obviously was after tax. So that $5,000 really wasn't $5,000 that she was giving before, was it? Because she had to take the taxes out. Okay. So whatever that amount was, whether it was 
$5,500 or $6,000 gross before she had to pay taxes on it. So now she's still paying the same amount, Uh but she actually gets to keep more in her pocket. Got it. And that's the point. If you have a charitable heart and, you know, you know that you want to give, just understand, you know, that there are so many different options available, like a charitable remainder trust. You know, for for those that have extremely overvalued stocks and, you know, they're going to get crushed with long-term capital gains, there are options. So don't look at it, you know, this year, 2019 and in the next couple of years, you know, because it expires 12-31-2025. This tax law goes away, Mm -hmm. right? It sunsets. Mm -hmm. Don't say, you know what? I just can't give. I can't afford it. Just know that there may be other options out there. And and so, you know, take a look at those and say, ah, okay, I never thought about it that way. The, what I was thinking of as you were explaining this whole process is it's still just as easy to give to the charity or the church of your choice or whatever nonprofit that you want to give towards. It just requires a little bit of tweaking. It's not just writing a check. It's now saying, okay, well, how can I move this thing or do that thing or navigate it this way? It's just about knowing what you can do and planning it out. Yeah, that's it. You know, and legacy planning and, you know, healthcare planning, you know, all these things, it's it's such an uncomfortable, people procrastinate on that stuff. They really don't want to do it. And, um, but, you know, if you're working with a team, you know, and everyone's on the same page and, you know, look, I'm not a uh, CPA and I'm, you know, definitely not an attorney. All mm-hmm. right. But, you know, working with those folks and understanding, you know, we can have those conversations with our clients and say, OK, you know what? Hey, this is really what they're wanting to do. What's the best way to get them to that point and accomplish those goals? You know, so we're looking at it from all those different aspects. Right. And that's what makes the difference. Well, and I think also you just said the idea of state planning, you know, writing wills, uh, thinking about end of life ideas. That's, that is something right. that a lot of us maybe procrastinate on because you just don't want to think about it. But something like charity giving is something that a lot of us want to do. We just have no idea the best way to do it. And a lot of us, like, cause a lot of people just can't afford to write a check and, and not be able to write it off the end of the year. That was the way they kind of balanced it out. They just, it's not in their right. budget to write so much in donations now that to, an effort to be able to meet that required uh, minimum amount deductible. So so the idea of just writing a check doesn't benefit them either. And it's not that they don't want to. They just don't know that the options are there for them. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that's the whole thing. There are possibly options. I mean, you know, just you, you just have to look at it a little bit differently or work with somebody who understands, you know, that, hey, uh, based on your situation, yeah, let's do this. And you know what? You get to keep more in your pocket. Uh, possibly you may be able to, to gift a little bit more. You know, there's different ways of, of looking at it instead of saying, you know what? I'm no longer getting that deduction um, because the standard deduction is so much greater that mm-hmm. it just it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes even with that, that standard deduction, you're not philanthropic if the only reason you're giving is to get the deduction. I know a lot of charities. There's a lot of folks like that. Yeah. And, you know, so charities reap the benefits and churches reap the benefits of that. But, you know, if you truly do have a a charitable heart, just understand that there's, there's other options. Well, I think that in this conversation on this podcast, we are not talking to the bigger organizations because there, there are big national organizations and there are big donors. This is not, we're, we're the everyman here. We're talking about people that genuinely want to help people that genuinely want to be able to donate and give. They just haven't been able to figure out how we can how they can financially make it happen in a smart way. And so that's what these kinds of options are.
are. You were talking about, you, you were saying off the air, it made me think of, am I telling somebody to get, how to get to St. Ives? The crits, crats, grats, <laughs> uh, you were saying to me before right, we started recording. Right. These are all acronyms for all of these different ways that you can make strategic moves within your own financial plan so that you don't feel a hardship financially, but you are still able to give philanthropically. Yeah, and and you know, especially when we're talking about these the 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 local community based yeah. um, these charitable are, organizations. When you said local I mean, like that, I was thinking these are the guys that are probably being hit the hardest with this. Oh, they're tax they're revenue. getting crushed. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, there are uh, I I know of a couple dozen off the top of my head that that directly impact families, and if they raise, you know you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, that's a great year. And yeah. so to have that be reduced even ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty percent, that's crushing. And there are some larger you know, community-based charitable organizations. The impact that that has, it's not like uh, the American Cancer, you know, society. And and I'm not, you know, I'm just saying because they, they have so much in their endowment, mm-hmm. um, it does affect them, but not, you know, on the day-to-day basis, you know, hey, can we survive? How many people can we not help this year? Right. You know, like the the local community, you know, uh, charities do. Well, and that actually is a great bridge to the next part of this conversation. I know that you and your team every year at EGSI Financial, you host a Christmas party that you've also doubled as a charity gala. And each year you have a right. nonprofit that you choose to support with the funds that you've raised. So this year, actually, I think you did it with Families for a Cure last year also. And they're we, a, we did. a we local did. organization. So tell us about Families Families for a Cure, that charity, and how you became involved with it. And then what the plan is for this this holiday. I've been playing in their golf outing, you know, off and on for, for years. Because Families um, for a Cure, they, they started as a, it started as a small golf it, tournament and it's turned into right. a bigger uh, cancer research fundraising organization. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's it's huge, and they, and they have multiple events. the The one that we typically participate in is the uh, the golf outing. They have a couple hundred golfers. I'm sure it's probably more than that, but it, well, I'll just say that. Yeah. And you know, they they raise a lot of money. Um, you know, a hundred percent. It's all volunteer, so a hundred percent of the money goes to those families that are affected with with cancer. And that you know, for us, it personally affected you know my family in in two different ways. So. You know, we, we had some very, very dear friends of ours. I mean, they're, they're like family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so JJ, their son years ago was, was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. So he is the, the best friend of, of my middle son, Ethan. Mm-hmm. And so families for a cure came in and, and helped them out. And so we, you know, we saw the good works that they did. And then a year later, my sister-in-law is also diagnosed with cancer and she lost her husband to, to cancer, you know, seven, eight years ago. I'm he was, so four, yeah, that. just one thing after the, another. Mm. But anyways, so they came in and, you know, they helped her and her son out. And so, you know, they, it's, it's a direct link to the community. Mm-hmm. And so we help raise money. So we support them uh, through donations and, and fundraisers. You know, last year uh, we raised um, well over five thousand dollars at our awesome. uh, charity gala. Plus, yeah. you know, it raised some additional funds from some clients that just gave personally, and so we're we're supporting them again this year. That's our charity uh, this year uh, as well for our, our charity gala, and it's on December fifth. You know, this year once everybody found out, you know, that we're supporting um, uh, families for a cure. You know, we normally have about 125, you know, folks that, that come and I, I think we're going to be pushing about 200 this year. Wow. So we're, yeah, so we're, we're pretty excited. And, yeah. 
you know, Leanne and I, you know, she, she gets embarrassed when we, we talk about this, but we, you know, we really believe like we live here, we work here, you know, our business is here. We mm-hmm. raise our family here. We're mm-hmm. so blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, that's just one of the little things that we can do. Well, you know, and I think the adage also is you, whatever you put your energy into is what grows and multiplies. So the idea of putting at least some energy towards something that is beneficial to other people is something we definitely want to see grow and multiply. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? It's, it's that time of the year, you know, it's, it's the Christmas season that's when, right. you know, tis the season to, to give. And that's really what we're hoping. You know, it, if you listen to this, even if, you know, you're, you're not coming, um, you know, if, if you go to uh, just uh, people need help, you know, so yep. open your hearts, open your wallets, tis, tis the season. So Families for a Cure, that's the name of the local charity that you guys are going to be supporting through your annual party this year. Right. And then as far as the other ways that you help folks, because you, I mean, you made mention before about estate planning with, with lawyers and also the idea of taxes and accountants, but as far as coming up with a financial plan that also includes the opportunity to have these philanthropic strategies we were talking about, that's something that folks can come to you to help figure out, Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just it, just going through the the process, getting to know each other and finding out, you know, what's important to you. And it is amazing how many people have that, you know, that inclination that, you know, to, to be philanthropic. They they just didn't know the best way to give. And so, you know, going through and, and you know, pulling that out and figuring out, OK, you know, hey, this is a better option for you. If you do it this way, you can actually give more and, and get a better uh, bigger benefit from it. Absolutely. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. I think that that the education, the idea of just the knowledge, just being able to share that knowledge and let people know that maybe it doesn't work for you to just write checks anymore because of tax right. deductions. But ne- there are other ways that you can give towards charities of your choosing. You just have to have a little planning, like Ed always says, just, just a little planning, just a little tweaking here and there. And Ed Sedal, the retirement trainer, is here to help you figure these things out. So thank you for sharing this incredibly valuable information and giving us this knowledge so that we can help, you know, continue to pay it forward. Ed, we appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Retirement Trainer with me, Ed Siddell. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe, rate, and review this show. Got a retirement question? Send me an email to ed at egsifinancial.com. You can also learn more about us at egsifinancial.com. Join me next week for more retirement training. Thanks for listening. Edward Siddell is an investment advisor representative of EGSI Investment Management, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. EGSI Financial Services, Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Edward Siddell, NPN Insurance License Number 3596278.